The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared with him, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It's always a great joy to be with you on this. Today we celebrate the second Sunday of Lent. And um, so for the next two weeks, we're counting. We're doing like the census for the diocese. So bring like five friends next week. That'd be good. Last night I said that. And then I was like, so thanks to like the scissors for coming late because they pumped up our numbers by like 10. Um, and uh, and th- this week in Lent, is always, it's always kind of a joy for me to preach on because the transfiguration, it just, it brings, a, it just leaves a lot of questions um, because we are in this Lenten season and the Lenten season is usually associated with times of penance and prayer and fasting and almsgiving and suffering and sometimes like making life harder for ourselves and those are all the things that we do during Lent. But then on the second Sunday, the reading is the transfiguration, this sort of moment of glory and, and this moment where our Lord is revealed in all of his glory. And, and it's kind of like this bright light that shines right at the beginning. And, and so it sort of provokes a question of why. You know, why, why do we have this reading this week? And, and it also inevitably, it always reminds me of my time in the military when I read this reading, um, mostly because in the, like when I was in the army, sometimes, and some of you who are in the military know this, um, like we would have physical training in the morning and we'd do calisthenics and then we would go on a run. Typically, that's what it was like. And the sergeant would like lead us on the run. And, um, and sometimes they wouldn't tell us where we were going or how far we were running. And so you'd kind of be running along and you'd be thinking to yourself, okay, like where this is like the three mile route and, and you're coming back around to the company area and you're assuming you're getting ready to stop and they would just keep right on going. 
just blow right by, right? There's kind of some colorful language we used to use to describe that. And uh, or in ranger school, like the, the last mission is like this movement to daylight where basically you finish your, the whatever mission you were on and then they would say, okay, so we're just gonna walk, just follow. And then you walk and you walk and you walk and you walk and you're never stopping and, and, and like you're hallucinating. And like my friend had a chemical light like attached to his rucksack that fell out and it was dangling by a string and I swore there was a monkey like running in front of me. <laughs> Um, because you only eat like two meals a day and sleep three hours a night for 72 days in that school. And, um, and so it's kind of like messing with your mind. The purpose of all of that in the military is right, to build a kind of spiritual toughness, kind of mental toughness that realizes that we're never done, right? We're never done. Like there's always something more. Like we can always push beyond and, and we're never expecting to be finished. <clears throat> You know, like my favorite football team, the Detroit Lions, their head coach gave this speech at the beginning of last season. And he said, like, if you think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, just like keep working because it's really just a freight train coming. <laughs> and and so, so the point is never to kind of think we're done. And, and in the Transfiguration reading, like Peter gets up to the top of the mountain and, and his experience is that the Lord picks him and James and John And if I was in Peter's shoes, I'd be thinking, ha, Andrew didn't get to come. (laughs) And so Peter, James, and John go with the Lord up the mountain. And then the Lord is transfigured before them. And they see Moses and Elijah there. And and the temptation is like, okay, maybe we're done. Like, this is it. This is it. And he says, let us set up three booths, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We're done. We made it. And then that cloud descends and and that voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then our Lord inevitably leads them back down the mountain and into what will be the most difficult week of their lives as they watch our Lord through his passion and his death. And and so the transfiguration, it, it comes kind of in this moment where it shows them where they're going. So it's a point of reference for when life is really hard. It's a point of reference for when life is really hard. And, and it becomes this moment of, of motivation or this moment of movement. And, and it's a moment that Peter will go back and reflect on again when he writes about it. I think it's in his second letter that he writes about it. And, and so the transfiguration is not like a mind game, but rather it's, it's a moment of encouragement to help through a really difficult time. Much like the baptism happened and then Jesus immediately went and was tempted by the devil, like the transfiguration happens and the transfiguration is also for the apostles because they'll come into this temptation to abandon our Lord or to be afraid or to be scattered, that will happen. And so for us at the beginning of this Lenten season, it's a good time to sort of stop and do a check-in and and kind of ask ourselves like, okay, where are we at right now? 
And, and I know in my own spiritual life, like sometimes I'm like Peter and I think I'm done. Like, oh, I've arrived. And as soon as I think I've arrived, I fall on my face. Like our Lord's like, you haven't arrived. I have more. There's more for you. There's more for you. There's more love for you. There's more conversion for you. There's more joy for you. There's more. And maybe we step back on the second week of Lent and we think to ourselves, oh yeah, Lent started 10 days ago. I asked somebody the other day, like, how's your Lent going? And they were like, uh, oh yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, but that's okay. It's okay. Like, we can just start now. We can start now. Because it's never too late to start. And, and as we start now, like, we remember that, that the purpose of this season is to grow in holiness. The purpose of this season is the journey towards that transfiguration the purpose of the season is to help us level up in our spiritual life and, and to come to know the more that Jesus wants for us. And I've been talking on Sunday night. Last week I spoke about this. I've been speaking about this quite a bit lately is that really our Lenten, our Lenten observances, they should be about the things that get in the way of the Lord. Right? They should be about the things that get in the way of the Lord. And, and sometimes like, those are going to be different for everybody. Those are going to be different for everybody. And sometimes it's a particular sin we're attached to. Sometimes it's a resentment or unforgiveness in our life. And, but, but sometimes also, like, our Lenten observance can be about, like, doing the things that we enjoy. I was talking to somebody recently, and um, for them, the thing that gets in the way the most is they live in deprivation a lot. Like, they just don't do the things that are good for them. And, and they kind of live in deprivation or they go without a lot. And, and so they go without a lot and then they feel overwhelmed a lot. Like I know I've been like this. You ever feel like, so, like you got so much on your plate, you're overwhelmed, so you actually do nothing. And then you like have days of doing nothing stacking up. And then when you actually have like a day to enjoy on the weekend, you don't enjoy it because you're doing the things that you blew off during the week. And, and really instead of having like one day off, you took three days off, but you didn't actually relax. And, and then you're like in this cycle and we don't do the things that we enjoy. And, and, and those are the things that glorify God. And, and in the midst of that cycle, we forget that the Lord is the center of our lives and the Lord is the most important person. And sometimes we beat ourselves up. And when we beat ourselves up, we're judging ourselves and that's Jesus' job, not ours. And, and so sometimes it's okay to, to like do the things that we enjoy. You know, two weeks ago, Bob Kelly helped me move my home gym into my house. And like last week, I actually worked out like six days last week. And it was about four days in, I was like, oh yeah, I like doing that. Like there was once a time in my life when I actually, when I enjoyed that and it like made me feel better and I had more energy. And I kind of forgot that I liked doing that. Because I bought a gym like seven years ago and then I left it in St. John's basement. I think I used it six times in that seven years. And, but, but, oh yeah, I like doing that. Or last night I had like three young couples from the parish over. It was, it's, it's kind of a new thing I'm experimenting with is, um, it's kind of like friendship roulette. Like I'm just going through the parish database and I'm like, I think those people should be friends. And I call them and invite them to dinner. See how that goes. <laughs> it was amazing. We had like, it was a great time. And, uh, but 
but I really like enjoy making food for people and like, oh yeah, I forgot that I like doing that. Like I forgot, I like to cook food for, for people and I like when people enjoy my food and I really like, like trying to figure out who should be friends and then seeing them actually like each other. Like I really like doing that. But it's something that maybe I've been in deprivation and I haven't been doing as much as I should, All right? And so it's okay to do the things that, that God desires for you. And, and maybe our Lent has to be about that. Like my penance is gonna be cooking really nice food for people, which is also a form of almsgiving. But our penance should be aligned with what gets in the way. Right? It should be aligned with what gets in the way because sometimes like, we, we, have, we get off track, right? Like if the thing that gets in the way is you don't spend enough time with your spouse, like you, your penance should be going on dates. Like just go on dates. It's not a penance to go on dates, but you understand what I mean. Like if the thing that gets in the way is like you have tension in your marriage, like don't make five holy hours a week and neglect spending time on your marriage. That that wouldn't make sense. Right, that wouldn't make sense. And so like we have to do the things, address the things that are getting in the way. And and don't be afraid of of getting out of if you're in the deprivation cycle, don't be afraid of getting out of it because it's really good and it's what our Lord wants for you. It's what our Lord wants for you. And and it's a Lent is about like getting our life right. And, and sometimes getting our life right is that we haven't been living well or we haven't been living balanced. So like something to chew on over the next week. And, and so as we kind of look at this moment of glory, like it's okay to think about like the fact that that's the glory I'm created for. And, and what can I focus on during this Lent to help facilitate that glory? And as we go through the Sunday night holy hours, that's, that's kind of the path that, that we're walking, right? Is, is looking at, okay, what are the things in the way? I need to clear those out because we're on this journey to glory. And so today let us pray that, that today will be a new beginning for each and every one of us. And that this season of Lent truly will be a time of leveling up in our spiritual life, of growing in love of our Lord and one another. And that as we grow in union with him, that we truly become that, bright, that shining light that shines in the darkness of our world and that shines to inspire and invite each and every person we encounter.